Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Joe Ham. So my name is Joe Ham. I'm an artist, an illustrator and the founder of Ham. Working across everything from homeware and ceramics to paper products and wall art, Joe Ham is the mastermind behind Ham, a minimal homeware brand featuring a silhouetted character in the form of a rabbit. Founded in 2011, Ham has collaborated with everyone from Liberty, The Body Shop, Montclair, Mini, and the renowned now defunct Paris boutique, Colette. The brand is stocked in over 130 stores across 30 countries globally. And alongside this, Joe also has her own practice as a mixed media artist with clients including Nike, Eurostar and WeWork. Jo recently relocated the business from London to the Shropshire countryside and has grown the team to five part-timers alongside freelancers. But first, Jo tells us about some of the challenges involved in growing as a brand. Before I got anyone to help me, I was kind of juggling and wearing loads of hats and doing a bit of everything. I have doing design and, and IT support and customer service and production and retail. And so as the business has grown, I've tried to break that down. And so I'm really lucky to now have Alex who looks after our, our wholesale and um, manages all our retail accounts. I've got the amazing Ellie, who is our kind of studio manager, and she's taken the day-to-day off me. And then Sue, as I've already mentioned, is our fulfillment person. Um, and then my mum also helps out. She's really good at organising us and um, packing cards and keeping it tidy. And then I kind of dip in and out of all those things, as well as kind of now focusing more on designing and the strategy. And then things like web design and printing and PR and photography now gets outsourced to amazing freelancers who we've known for a long time. Ways of keeping the business thriving, it's how do I take an idea that's, that's very focused and, and keep changing it up and keep moving one step ahead. And, the, and, and you have to think about the commercial side of things. You know, is it, does it work? Are the margins right? Have we got the right platform to, to sell that? And does it fit with the people that have supported and followed our brand? Are they going to love it? It's a quite a balancing act to kind of get that right. Next, Joe fills us in on some recent standout projects, including a prominent collaboration with The Body Shop. They approached me to help them with their Forever Against Animal Testing campaign, which um, has always been at the heart of what they do. And um, it's an amazing cause. And they had already got a European ban, which was incredible, but they wanted to make that worldwide. So they were looking at trying to raise awareness, particularly in the UK, to get more signatures for a big petition that they wanted to take to the UN to start the conversation about a global ban on animal testing. So they asked me to help raise awareness and we made this kind of bundle of their products and and lots of information about the campaign, how you can get involved. It was kind of a call to action and they launched that over six weeks in 13 of their flagship stores in the UK. And it was a great thing to be involved in because I'd never done anything like that before and it was using design for good. And Six months later, they hit their target unbelievably. They got 8 million signatures. They took it to the UN just before Christmas and now that dialogue has started. So that was really exciting to see where that's going to now go. When a lot of these things happen, you kind of look back to when you first started in, and literally on the kitchen table. And yeah, it's quite surreal to think that you've, that you've got to that place. A graduate of the Ruskin School of Art at Oxford University, Jo thinks back to what she learned during her studies but also how it felt for her work to be labelled as commercial. 
So the Ruskin is a really special place because it it kind of marries academia and and kind of tradition with with forward thinking and avant-garde. And when I got there, Richard Wentworth had just taken over as head of school and he kind of brought in this whole new way of thinking. And that really changed the way I kind of consumed and made art. But it also kind of threw it all up in the air because I was a bit of a traditionalist. And now I was having to look at this all through quite quite a modern lens. And so I think like a lot of people, I was on a bit of an emotional roller coaster at art school because I really wanted to have a unique style and I was really envious of those that did. But I look back now and I just think I was so young and I'd had such an experience in the world. How was I expected to have this kind of unique voice and be able to visually comment on things when I just I'd had so little exposure to the reality of life? So I kind of struggled through and I found and experimented and found myself kind of leaning more towards work that that looked good and that was kind of aesthetically pleasing and that was quite graphic. And I found myself in crits being labelled a little bit commercial, which was mortifying to fine art student. Like, I really took that to heart as an insult. I was just so upset by that. And I look back now and I really wish that I hadn't beaten myself up because... I did embrace that at a later date, and I'm so thankful that I did because it has kind of underpinned much of my creative practice today. But at the time, it, it really confused me. And when I came out of art school, I was looking at whether I went on to further study, but I knew I wanted to go to London. I knew I wanted to see more of the world and I knew I wanted to support myself. So at that point, I knew I needed to get a job. And I started to do lots of research within the university and the most creative career that was kind of presented to us was advertising and marketing. And it was commercial. And I knew that I had a tendency to lean towards that, but I wasn't a graphic designer. But I had spent three years learning about ideas and concepts. So I started to research different graduate schemes and I applied for the Omnicom Accelerate Management Training Programme. And Omnicom is a, is a big marketing conglomerate based in America, but they own a lot of the UK ad networks and a lot of the below the line agencies. And they ran this amazing scheme, which for 18 months, you dipped in and out of some of their agencies, spending three months here and there learning about different types of marketing. And at the end, you specialised. So I went off and did that, travelled a bit and, and got to grips with all the different aspects of the industry. And that ended up with me taking on a strategy role at Wolf Olin's two years later. Culturally, it's brilliant, really fun, really vibrant, really buzzy and a really positive attitude. They wanted to do work that had a really great impact on the world and change the status quo. And I got to learn all about business and balance sheets and, and people through the lens of brand and through the lens of creativity. And so I had a really great time. I was really getting into the swing of things. And I niggling in the back of my head was, you're, you're, you're kind of doing words, not pictures. I got to work with designers and I was working on concepts and briefs, but I wasn't physically making. And I think anyone that has done that in the past yearns to kind of be producing. And then, and then I just got hit by a massive bolt out of the blue, like out of nowhere um, at 24. I hadn't been feeling that well. And um, I got told I had cancer. Suddenly everything stopped. And, you know, this great career, I was really kind of getting momentum in, just had to go on hold. I found myself going from this really buzzy environment to the monotony of, of waiting rooms and, and boredom. And so, well, phones were great, but I, I just had to step out straight away. I, you know, I was in a different place and I had 
an amazing support network of fellow colleagues, medical team and my family, and they all encouraged me to pick up a pencil and start sketching again. So I sought solace in my sketchbook. I knew, having had that reality check, that you only get one shot at life, and I didn't want to go and do really kind of exotic things. I didn't want to travel the world. I didn't want to go and challenge myself physically and do do lots of scary things. I just wanted to pursue something that I really believed in. And so the opportunity was there. And I just, I've learned, you know, if something comes along, go for it, because you never know what's going to happen. And so I always say, if I hadn't had cancer, I probably wouldn't have started my business. So I started Ham in the July of, of 2011, and I worked up this collection of illustrations and I launched with a tiny range of I think four designs (laughs) but I'd spent the year from my flat in East London which again was a very tiny space getting production into place getting the website up and running talking to as many people as good to see if they could help me to see if they helped me spread the word and figuring out my brand and luckily because of my previous career I knew quite a lot of people in PR and web and marketing and I only had 5k to do that so the first kind of 12 months, two years were spent just, just getting the business out there, getting as much cash into the business, doing events, doing shows, doing pop-ups and working on PR, trying to raise awareness so I can drive people to my website. And that all happened from my flat in East London. And my poor husband, <laughs> who was my boyfriend at the time, he, he had to suffer with having rabbits everywhere. So we had them under the bed. We had them on the, in the living room. We had them in the kitchen cabinets. There was product everywhere. And I worked all the time. So, and I had to be careful because I've been poorly. So we, I had to take it easy. But I just, once the momentum began, it just kept going. So a big turning point for us was working with Colette. And that was one of the first times that we'd, we'd worked with a, a big retail brand and that we'd done something overseas. So Sarah Endelman, who's the founder, um, invited us to come and exhibit at the store during Easter. And from a commercial perspective, what was great about that project is it introduced us into the European market in a really credible way. I would say that even now, have many years later, France is still one of our strongest countries for export. From the outset, the business was built around being self-sufficient and and being careful. Not being risk-averse, but making sure that we were in a safe position. So I think it was just about being quite strategic about where we did business and who we did business with. Finally, Jo shares her advice for budding business owners on finding collaborations and most importantly, making time to research the world you want to work in. So I think collaborations come about a number of ways. So some of them have been approaches, some of them have been pitches that we've made, and some of them have just been open calls, have been competitions or calls for submissions. And you don't have to be salesy and you don't have to be pushy. And I think that's what's nice about some of those avenues I've just talked about is that you're just putting yourself in a position where you can be discovered and you can be found without having to do some one-on-one big sales pitch. So I think one of the most important things is knowing what you're about and what makes you different. And really researching the market and understanding your audience and making sure that you're being original and that there's a need for what you want. And that is something that often takes time. So I think you have to be really willing to be constantly reviewing, critiquing, challenging and questioning your ideas and your work as it evolves. 
And that can also take perseverance. And you've really got to have, you've really got to have belief. And so I think you have to be able to work really hard and understand that whatever you're going to be doing, you're going to be really grafting at it and that you have to stay really focused and really true and authentic to who you are and what you've decided you want to be. And I I think that's the difference between good and great. I would say don't feel you have to rush it. I think it's so important that you, you, you do your research and you really make sure that you know what you're committing to and that you're in a position where you can support and involve that. And don't feel under any pressure from anybody else. When I first started, I quit in the July and so many people were like, you've got to go over to the Christmas market, all these people wanting to buy. And they'd never sat their own businesses before and neither had I. But as I started to get under the skin of it, I realised that just wasn't feasible. And I could have really handicapped myself by trying to get everything out just to take advantage of that market. There will always be another Christmas. There will always be another event. There'll always be something else that you can tap into. And so I took the year and I really, really value the fact that I had that time to really think things through. And I think the one thing I will say is when I was at university, I, that, was, that was quite a long time ago. <laughs> things have probably moved on quite a lot, but I didn't really understand the complexity of the creative industry and that there are so many different skills and needed and jobs available and there's so much, it's so unique and there's so many different things that, that you can do with your talent. And I didn't really know about that at the beginning. And I think if you can really get under the skin of the industry early and learn about all the specialisms, then suddenly I think it'll open your mind. You can see all these great routes that potentially you could explore and you'll find yourself in a happy place, hopefully a bit sooner as well. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Joe Ham. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, the Paul Smith Foundation, and Heffler & Co. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter.